Warning, the following program is solely intended for a mature audience. Any of the idiotic opinions and views expressed on this show are solely opinions of Dark Cringe Radio and not of its advertisers, which is completely pointless because this poorly produced, dumbass podcast has no advertisers. Furthermore, any rebroadcast or redistribution of Dark Friend Radio podcasts without per- the permission is strictly prohibited. If you do, we will find you. And then we will send three black-eyed children to your home or office to collect your soul. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Dark Fringe Radio. Thanks for joining in, guys. I'm your host, Will Martinez. Thanks for joining in again. And uh, we got a good one for you guys tonight. And I got my co-host with me tonight, as always, Jay Golosi. Jay, what's up? Ah, uh, ah, uh, that's a song. Love that song. It's a good song. Good yeah. And uh, we also got another guest with us tonight. Guy, I haven't talked to in like forever, but I'm glad he was able to join us on the line. Klaus, Klaus, what's going on, brother? Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. Remember years. this shit? You remember this stuff, man? It was like five years old, six years old. Yeah, my it's funny. My uh, kids like this song now. It's on the Minion soundtrack, I think. Oh yeah, I forget it is on that movie. They had a lot of good like music on that that movie, right? Yeah, a lot of eighties stuff. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, couple of couple of newer Pixar movies. They have they have great soundtracks, so they really utilize some some old stuff. And uh, at, my daughter likes to watch a lot of those original MTV videos like that. Uh, I'm pretty sure she looks under the tagline vintage music videos and that was like one of the first ones to come up so <laughs> vintage. definitely makes me feel nice and young <laughs> you're nice and vintage now jay huh oh, well hey if i'm vintage all three of us are vintage that's true that's true it's weird because when you start hearing the music like that you heard in high school now referred as classic rock or classic this and classic that you're like damn it <laughs> you're like, damn i know it. yeah, Did yeah. You, i read something the other day that like all the grunge singers, yeah, are dead with the exception of Eddie Vedder. Eddie That's Vedder. crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's amazing. And now it's the old shit. Now is the you know the cool stuff. Now everybody's listening to it. Now everybody's going back. That's you know that's one good thing about it. I will say now about these millennials. They they do have at least decent taste. They will go back and you know cherry pick some decent stuff from back you know in the eighties and seventies and stuff like that. So I will give them that credit. So. But tonight we're going to be talking about the MK Ultra. Now, I don't know if a lot of people know about MK Ultra or not. I think most people have a general idea of what it is, but we're going to get into this uh, whole government conspiracy um, that involved the CIA and them basically using LSD and uh, us as you know patients, rodents, um, uh, guinea pigs, as you would guinea say. Guinea pigs. Yeah, exactly. So we'll get into that. And then um, I know Klaus has a couple of things you know, he wants to bring up along the same lines as big government conspiracy. And um, you know, we'll get into that. First, I want to remind everybody about our social media. 
uh, at Dark Fringe Radio on uh, Twitter and also on SoundCloud. And, of course, always our website, darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. Uh, please always, uh, you know, give uh, you know a uh, thumbs up there too, and also on Twitter. Please spread the word. That's what we're looking to do. You know, tell everybody about this podcast. You know, we're trying to make it more user friendly. Trying to not drop as many f bombs, of course. I want, you know, as many people as uh, possible to listen to this. You know, so that way they can listen with their uh, family as well. So, anyways, again, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. I wanted to also introduce a new segment into um, our show. And I had this crazy ass idea one day and um, I pitched it to Jay and Jay was like, yeah, it was a good idea. So basically, Klaus, you can be a part of this, too. Uh, do you know the um, the concept behind three card Monty, Klaus? No, I don't. No, I don't. Honestly. OK, so three card Monty is basically it's a, a street card game. And you mainly see it like in New York, Pittsburgh, Chicago, you know, those kind of cities. And okay, see, yeah, okay. You, Sounds kind of familiar now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you see a guy like on a milk crate, you know, sitting there with a, another milk crate, you know, in front of him with a board on top of it. And he'll have three cards bent like in a V face down. And basically what he'll do is it'll be like maybe, a, you know, two aces and a queen, right? And basically what he does is he kind of lures you in. He says, hey, he'll move them around real fast back and forth. And he'll say, hey, listen, find the queen. So... You go to look, find the queen. He lets you win the first time, you know, drags you in. Basically, the concept is, is that it's a sleight of hand and he's going to basically trap you. It's, it's a never win situation for the for the player. It's always in the house's um, favor. So I came up with this uh, game called Three Story Monty. And what this basically is about is uh, I'm going to come up with three different stories. And Jay and Klaus, you can participate in this and. You're going to tell me, and I'm going to read three different headlines. You're going to tell me which one's the fake one, all right? I'm going to, um, I'm going to read them out to you guys right now. So first one on the list, uh, Italian runner wins Venice Marathon after leaders take wrong turn. We're streaking. We're going up through the quad to the gymnasium. That's the first one. Um, and then the uh, <laughs> second one is goat yoga, the latest fitness craze. And then the last one is Dead Ohio Man Revived and Now Racially Associates Himself as Chinese. Not Chinese. I'm Korean. There you go. You have I'm picking C. You're picking C, the last one? You sure? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? Klaus, what do you think? I'm picking the second one. Say that again? I think it's not true. It damn well should be. <laughs> okay, so Klaus, you say the uh, the second one, the uh, the goat yoga. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Jay, right. you're saying the uh, dead Ohio man that was revived and now racially associates himself as a Chinese, right? Well, Jay, you're right. You're right. You're right on that one. Yeah, dead Ohio man revived Yay! and now associates himself as Chinese is definitely not one uh, that's real. The other two are real, and um, I want to you know kind of bring this up. Goat yoga. Can you believe that's a real thing? <laughs> yes. You can? That's crazy. Yeah. You can really believe like, that's a real thing. Some, listen, you think about some of the other stupid animal crap. I know people that take better care of their dogs than they do their children. Of course there's goat yoga. Yeah. Like, come on. It was probably, <laughs> it was probably spun off by PETA. <laughs> that name, I just, I just had to throw it out the window. I'm like, there's no way, but I guess... I was wrong. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, listen, I when I saw the article on that one, I was like, "There's no effing way. There's that can't be true." 
And no shit, right. man. I'm looking at it and I'm like, no offense, guys. There's these white people that are just sitting there with goats. <laughs> They're sitting there with goats on their back, bro. I'm serious. It's not even a joke. Little <laughs> billy goats just sitting there, you know, sitting there of, on their back. Of course it's of course it's white people. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm like, listen. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, people guys. People of ethnicity have better fault. things to do with their time. Listen, if we're talking about a shooting, then maybe, you know, yeah, my people. But this is goat yoga. This is your people. Hold on a second. Inhaling deeply. At this New Hampshire yoga class for every down dog. So gazing towards the thighs. There is an up goat. Come on, you can do it. No joke. Baby goats. Turning yoga on its head. I think we can safely say that you would leave class with a smile on your face. It really is the hottest new workout. Classes popping up across the country and all over the internet. Of course, Florida is one of the hot spots. We posted a, a video of a class. I woke up at four the next morning and it had already reached two million people. Peter Corvo is a goat farmer and soap maker, but now... These are the world famous yoga with baby goats. <laughs> Five baby goats are making Jenna's farm famous. For our viewers who might say, I don't get it. They don't have to, because there's certainly a lot of people that do get it. What started on a whim quickly turned into a 300-person waiting list. Now they're building a... 300-person waiting list. You know how much money there is in that? Wait, wait, wait. Can we skip back to the part where he's a goat farmer and... Soap maker? Goat farmer and soap maker. Yeah, he's... <laughs> Does that not strike anybody else as odd? Isn't that what Brad Pitt's character did in Fight Club? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Klaus? It makes me want to run away. I don't know. I'm, it just scares me. Because people have goat... I don't know. Just that whole concept is just... Uh, it's crazy. my mind. It's foreign. Listen. Bigger space. For Julia Lewis... It all makes perfect sense. I absolutely love baby goats, and I already was doing yoga like two or three times a week. So, get a boyfriend. It's perfect. Go ahead, issues. <laughs> what is happening? As I found out, it's not necessarily about the zen, but they aren't lying about the smiles. I've had people say that they didn't even realize how much they worked their body. The goats are unpredictable. How they work their body. <laughs> sorry. Very, How much they work their body. Very, very juvenile. Really? Very juvenile. Of me. Sorry, sorry. But there is oh, one man. thing that seems consistent. What they say afterwards, like, this really cheered me up today. We hope it's done the same for you. Kristen Dahlgren, NBC News, Nottingham, New Hampshire. Well, that story's bullshit. Buy a damn dog. <laughs> yeah. You want a little extra happiness, you need something like that, buy a dog. Do Pilates in your home. Save your money. Save your money. Oh, my No, Lord. I have an idea. We moved to New Hampshire. And we just go there and start our own goat yoga. Goat go farming community with yoga? <laughs> I'll be the goat. I'll be the well, goat so herder. We, Klaus, you could do the, have the yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works, man. <laughs> I'll do the herding. You do the yoga. Jay, you do like uh, all the other stuff, too, the physical fitness and all that shit. Oh my gosh! But yeah, yeah, I mean, when I saw that, I was like, "That's that's just crazy to me." I saw that, and I was just nuts. But and then the other one, Italian runner wins the Venice Marathon, and after the leaders took a wrong turn, can you believe that? No, I that I don't. The dude was like in 18th place, and like the first 17 people took the wrong turn because you know how people follow each other at the same time. 
<laughs> you know how people are stupid. You know, they they follow in herds, just like animals. You know, we're not far from that. You know, and so you and know, back to go yoga we go exactly. <laughs> so the fucking seven, yeah, we go. Yeah, the seventeen guys they they you know follow you know themselves down that path, and next thing you know, some eighteenth place guy that had like no chance in hell wins the the Venice Marathon. So I picked the only one that wasn't true. Yeah, you got the right one, Jay. But yeah, so this guy, basically, he was in 18th place. The first 17 basically took a wrong route, ended up 16 miles off track. So not only did they go <laughs> off track just a little bit, they went off track like 16 miles off track. So there was no way they could even fucking catch up. I think this guy was part of the MK Ultra experiment. Yeah, he might have been, man. He might have been. They Maybe. Used, they Either that, or it was a serious collusion. Yeah. Guy in 18 tells guy who probably give me a first. Hey, listen, I'll throw you a 20 euro yeah. spot if uh, you hook the left where you're supposed to go right. I bet, I bet that's what it was. Probably. You never know. You never know. So, Klaus, um, you know, I talked to you earlier about this MK Ultra stuff. I'm, you're just like me. You, once you start digging into something, you know, you start thinking, digging in and digging in more. So, when I initially heard about MK Ultra years ago, you know, it was something that I've, you know, always had like a lot of passion about because. You know, to me, you think about it, you know, government is the the entity that you're supposed to obviously trust and give your 100% trust to. And when you hear about things like this, it really kind of um, it changes your outlook on that whole concept of the being truthful, you know, from the government side you know, standpoint. So absolutely yeah. really raises a lot of doubt, you know, and then you start digging in and then you start learning about, uh, you know, the Gulf of Tonkin incident. And, you know, there's so many more others, you know, that were blatant lies that were fed to us. But uh, that led to other, you know, things that ended up being you know, catastrophic, like, you know, the Vietnam War and things like that. So you lose a lot of confidence when you hear, you know, these stories and the MK Ultra, it's definitely nothing, you know, no stranger to that as well. MK Ultra, basically, it was a top secret CIA project with, um, you know, that they use hundreds of clandestine experiments. And a lot of times they were unwilling, you know, U.S. citizens, people didn't even know that, you know, they were being tested. So there was always these stories about, you know, them releasing like LSD through the air vents in the subways in New York. And that was, I believe, uh, proven to be true in a CIA document that was released that had to be released, you know, through, you know, due to uh, the Fair uh, you know, Information Act. So we see all these things that are coming out little by little, you know, as time progresses. And you can't really run from it. They kind of, as much as they try to black out a lot of that, you know, the, the, the writing is right there on the wall. From 1953 to about 1973, this whole operation ran. Basically, uh, the public didn't even know that it was going on. Uh, it was basically an illegal CIA, you know, activity uh, within the United States. And they even went outside the world, too. So it wasn't just uh, regulated to here and what, what was going on. So this had a lot to do with the Cold War. And, of course, during that time in the 50s and 60s, you know, JFK was president. He got assassinated. A lot of, you know, speculation as to what happened with him. That's a whole, I mean, we could do five podcasts on JFK alone. Uh, that's, you know, that goes without saying. But, you know, in this particular instance, MK Ultra was also part of that whole, that whole operation because they were trying to figure out ways where they could use this against their enemies to have them give up information or even brainwash them completely. 
So that was also part of, you know, MK Ultra's plan. There was there was like always like these subsections of the of the cluster of MK Ultra. It was like the head was MK Ultra and then you had all these other little clandestine programs that kind of branched out like an octopus. And this was one of them. So Klaus, I know you were talking about one earlier that you brought up to me that uh, you know, really piqued my attention and we were talking about Puerto Rico before uh the podcast started. Um could you give me a little bit of insight on that? Yeah, actually, um, it was interesting. It will a little background. My wife is from Puerto Rico, and um, that what really struck me was that part when I read about it was um, they had a scientist uh, from the government. I can't remember the name exactly, um, but um, he uh, had actually gone to Puerto Rico and had done experiments, uh, probably putting experimental cancers on people that didn't even know that we're going to do it, you know, and just undercover basically. So it was, uh, so it made it, made myself, you know, think even more and dig deeper. Like I'm like, cause my wife's, uh, father died from cancer, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of cancer in Puerto Rico itself. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of cancer everywhere worldwide, but I mean, just kind of, it just makes kind of puts everything in, together in somewhat but makes it very questionable as to why there is so much cancer mm-hmm. from a lot of people because I've known personally three people that are from Puerto Rico that have died from cancer in the last three years so I know I, mean, I know this is years afterwards but my point is if people have were infected with cancer somehow or some kind of radiation in the area and the island itself. And if it's still lingering, is it maybe because of this, you know, this, this whole conspiracy of that. So it's, uh, well, you know, it's go ahead. Well, I was going to say that I think the scariest thing about it is that our government has done enough with things like MK Ultra and other various activities that, that, you know, even if you look at Watergate, I mean, our government is doing things without our knowledge, without our input, without our, uh, right. without our anything. Yeah. So the fact that we can't trust our government, uh, it makes it that much more suspect when you hear things like what, you know, what happened in Puerto Rico, you know, anybody that gets cancer in Puerto Rico or lived in Puerto Rico and you have to automatically wonder, well, could it have happened because of this? And uh, that's, that's what puts the, the, the doubt and fear in people because, and that's what starts everybody questioning everything. And you can't blame people because all these things are proven. These things are out there. It's not like it's conspiracy or, you know, this stuff is documented. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, hearsay. So when people see this, it's very difficult for them to, you know, go back to that blind trust of the government and saying, yes, I believe, you know, everything, you know, and, and what they do and they're doing everything to our, you know, best, you know, uh, you know, thoughts, uh, in mind. And you there's so many things though. It's, it branches out into so many different things in the government. I mean, not only that, you have like the military industrial complex, um, you know, food, the food industry, 
the drug industry, you know, big pharma, yeah. all that stuff. It, it just branches out. The, you know, big education. It just—it's like an it octopus. Goes, yeah. Yeah, and that's what's. It scary. goes. I, it goes deep. I think it's. Um, I, I mean, it's. I mean, the more you dig into the government stuff itself, I mean, I mean, just MK Ultra alone well, I mean, itself is just crazy. I mean, like I, I, but like I was reading about—is it place uh, Operation Paperclip? Oh yeah. Um, it was the Nazis. They. Uh, from 1945 to, to 55, it, they granted nearly a thousand German scientists American citizenship, right? And they were from the Nazi Party and the Gestapo, mm-hmm. and these were the scientists that were part of MK Ultra, which is crazy, you know. And this is for the U.S. government, yeah. you know, and we didn't know anything about it. <laughs> well, but you know what, though, Klaus, if you really think about it, uh, and I, I'm a big history guy. And I'm really big into presidents. And like last time we, we talked, we talked about the whole Vegas shooting. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the Trail of Tears, but our government isn't doing stuff like that, suspect stuff, since way back in, in a Louisiana Purchase. Thomas Jefferson mm-hmm. uh, okayed that while thinking it was unconstitutional. And instead of really waiting and doing his research, why did he go ahead and do it? Uh, before anybody could see what was happening, he used uh, he used a system of, of, of banking and finance from Alexander from um, Hamilton that he for 15 years openly uh, said was stupid. So I mean, our government has made a long, long history of you know waving waving the carrot in front of the rabbit to try to get us to go one way and then sticking the finger in the ass. Yeah. And, uh, Absolutely. and again, we talked about that last week with the Las Vegas shooting and how, you know, the, the, not even the police can get the shit right. They can't even get anything right. Not even a timeline. Right. There's no video of this guy anywhere of him doing anything. Meanwhile, he's in Vegas, the most like video recorded, city of yeah. all time are you kidding me <laughs> um, we're not talking about you know yeah that's crazy we're not talking about roanoke virginia or something you know what i mean we're, we're talking about las vegas so you know that's that's just one example and then to me the there i like to go higher in the chain as far as the head of the octopus and a lot of this stuff i think is you know the military industrial complex as well you know, we, we were, you know, we're constantly in wars. We're constantly in conflict. We're constantly putting our soldiers out there for, I think, in a lot of times, unnecessary instances where I think we, we were better off not engaging. I understand that there, there's a money-making thing to this whole thing. And even there's been people in the government that's warned the, the, the you know, the, the American people about it. Eisenhower did it. I, I don't know if you remember or, you know, even know about this. Yeah, the Malay's speech. Well, yeah. Classic. Yeah, 1963. Watch, I'm going to play this audio real quick. Listen to this, Klaus. Hold on a second, okay? Okay. Good evening, my fellow Americans. We now stand 10 years past the midpoint of a century that has witnessed four major wars among great nations. Until the latest of our world conflicts, the United States had no armaments industry. American makers of plowshares could, 
with time and as required, make swords as well. But we can no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. Added to this, three and a half million men and women are directly engaged in the defense establishment. Now this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development, yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, resources, and livelihood are all involved. So is the very structure of our society. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals, so that security and liberty may prosper together. Yeah. Doesn't that give you chills? It's scary. Yeah. It's makes... scary. Yeah. yeah, Matt. Well, definitely. It reminds me of, though, it, it, it makes me think of my very favorite Benjamin Franklin quote. Uh, Benjamin Franklin was quoted as saying during the Continental Congress, uh, before we declared independence from England, um, because there was a big debate over, obviously, declaring independence or not, uh, because they wanted to get away from uh, tyrannical acts uh, like that of what King George was doing. And he said to um, a, another Pennsylvania senator, uh, when it came in reference to people wanting some, uh, some safety and being part of the, the British kingdom, uh, and he said to him, he said, uh, those who would sacrifice some liberty or some safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. He does. He was kind of smart and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, right? <laughs> Something. He only has a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. But uh, yeah, and you know, it's it's scary, you know. And you know, you got this MK Ultra project that I always, I'm referring back to you again. And there's all these little tentacles. And then you have this other thing called Operation Midnight Climax. Now, think about this. There was this operation that the CIA did where they had these safe houses, right? They employed prostitutes to pick up these guys, these Johns, bring them back to these safe houses where they would drug them, and all these experiments would take place. They actually did that. This is proven, documented proof. This Operation Midnight Climax. I mean, think about that. I'm, I love the name too. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's so fitting, right? <laughs> but uh, you have to wonder, though. All right, so now you have to wonder. Uh huh. And this is the first thing that popped in my head: <laughs> if we were cross-reference those people with those who said that they had alien experiences and were rectally probed, how many names would match? <laughs> so, May- hey, you never know, though. You never know. You never know. 
A lot of people think those alien abductions are really not alien abductions. A lot of people, there's a theory out there that they think it's actually the government abducting these people. Midnight climax. This is what I'm talking about. I know. That's what I'm trying to say to you, man. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And then um, there's another story that's tied in with this MK Ultra project. Uh, there's there was this guy. He was a scientist who worked for the CIA. Um, and in 1950, uh, 1953, there was this guy called Frank Olson. He was a scientist. And basically, he was spiked with LSD from the CIA. A few days later, he basically tumbled to his death, um, you know, in front of a window in, in a New York City hotel room as supposedly like an alleged suicide. They always say that, of course. And basically, the family of this guy decided to have a second autopsy performed um, in 1994. So we're talking about literally 40 years later, you know. And so, yeah, a forensic team found that injuries on the body had likely occurred before the fall. So basically, he was beaten to death, long story short, before any of this, you know, supposed I killed myself stuff happened. And um, they... Basically murdered and covered up for the CIA. Of course. And not only that... That's just crazy. After prolonged legal proceedings, the Olsen's family, the guy's family, they were actually awarded a settlement of $750,000. That's it? Wow. Yeah, that's it. And oh, wait, they got an apology from President Gerald Ford and from the CIA <laughs> director, William Colby. Uh, well, I mean, poor Jerry Ford. Wow. That guy had it rough. Yeah, he had it rough. <laughs> that guy had it rough. And my guess is a lot of the shit that happened happened before he came in and had to pardon Nixon because he was doing all kinds of shit to have to clean up. Uh, Nixon's messes. Like, have you heard of uh, the backdoor diplomacy that Nixon was doing during the, the Vietnam War? Yeah, yeah. He's, sta- he's standing, he's running on a platform saying he's going to end the Vietnam conflict. What do you call it, war? Call it the Vietnam conflict. Meanwhile, he's reaching out to Vietnam saying, hey, you can hang on just a little longer. We will go ahead and continue to send troops over. Uh, and, you know, keep this thing going. Yeah, it reminds so, me. It reminds me of when, uh, uh, when uh, what's his name? Uh, old Ball's face is was his in, uh, office. What's his name? Reagan. Yeah, when he was in office. When he was in office. Ball. Yeah, that's what he looked like. It, when he was in office, what was his big thing? The war on drugs, right? The war on drugs. Yeah. 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 The Guess government was making crack. They were making heroin. They were the ones perpetuating the whole damn thing from the beginning. So the war on drugs, my ass. No, it's just like the Afghanistan wars for opioids, you right. know, heroin and everything, just to get that going. Yeah, you know, po- but that's another topic itself. The poppy field. The poppy field. Jay, what were you saying as well? Well, I said that uh, he also got himself embroiled in Iran-Contra with old Ali North. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ali North, man, I don't know. He, he seemed like a patsy to me. He was a lieutenant. And... I don't know. I, I was talking to a, a guy today who's actually, you know, been in the Marines and been. He actually has been in Afghanistan and I, Iraq and all that stuff. And we were talking about this very subject, and he was telling me that guy was such low rank. It, it seemed like he was such a like a fall guy for the rest because he was so far removed as far as in rank, you know, to what he was perpetuating to be, have information on. So it it really didn't make sense, and it seemed like he was a fall guy for maybe somebody up you know, much, much more higher. So, um, I found this. Oh, it was totally a fall guy. Yeah. 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 It just, it just didn't seem yeah. right to me. It didn't seem right to me. It was a total fall guy. 
So I, I found this video about MK Ultra. I want to play it real quick here and see what you guys think. Hold on, okay? In the wake of World War II, the U.S. government is engaged in a large number of secret medical experiments designed to help win the Cold War. Developing techniques for mind control to create a so-called Manchurian candidate. What is the extent of these brainwashing experiments? How did the CIA become involved in such far-reaching and disturbing research? In May 1953, scientists at Porton Down are researching one of the most lethal nerve agents known to man, sarin. The experiments are conducted on military volunteers, but the young servicemen have no idea what they are letting themselves in for. And on the board, there was a separate notice typed which said in so many words, volunteers wanted to help find a cure for the common cold. By volunteering, Ken Earl becomes an unsuspecting guinea pig in the war against the Soviets. On May 4th at Porton Down, he and five other Air Force men are led into a small room by two technicians. We were told by the two men to roll up the left sleeve. These two men then took two pieces of material and they taped them to our forearm. They then gave us each a respirator and that we were not under any circumstances to take off the respirator. And the door was sealed behind us. It was very, very pokey, a small building. And I found out since it was a gas chamber, which uh, puts the fear of death into you, of course. And this technician, with a vial and a pipette, went round each of us, and he dripped onto this piece of material 20 drops in two rows. The clear liquid is sarin nerve agent. It is quickly absorbed into the arm through the skin. The effects are immediate. I became absolutely claustrophobic. I didn't know what sheer terror there is in being trapped and not being able to breathe properly. You feel you can't breathe. I was sweating profusely. And I now, even today, have nightmares about it. After half an hour, we were released, gasping and spluttering and sweating into the open air. Beautiful sunny May morning. Absolute bliss. What a wonderful thing to be alive. The corresponding paperwork clearly states the purpose of the experiment is to determine the lethal dose of sarin. After the Korean War, disturbing new intelligence reaches Washington. Hundreds of American troops are still being held captive subjected to brainwashing experiments, and then killed. Mind control research back home intensifies. The new goal is to cause an individual to become subservient to an imposed control, to the point where he will perform acts against his will and then have no memory of the act. The search for a real-life Manchurian candidate begins. To produce such an assassin, the CIA faces two main challenges, how to induce amnesia and how to program in new behavior. 
1957, Dr. Ewan Cameron, an eminent psychiatrist in Montreal, believes he has the answers. Cameron applies his techniques under the guise of normal therapy. There's a three-part technique which started with an effort to wipe out past patterns of behavior. And this was accomplished through the use of particularly intensive, repeated, high-level electroshocks until no more convulsions could be elicited from a patient. Cameron then plays tape-recorded messages through helmets that are locked to his patients' heads. This psychic driving forces them to listen to repetitive statements for weeks on end to program in new behavior. Now, the final phase was to try to wipe out all recollection of what had happened, and that was accomplished by putting people to sleep for 30, 40 days, accompanied by different kinds of cocktails of drugs. Now, that's not any kind of therapy. That's a brainwashing experiment. You know, this is just another example of, you know, you know people that have been taken advantage of, you know, by the government, and, you know, nothing's being done about it. You have these clandestine videos that, yeah, are on YouTube, but what are they going to do? They're not going to do anything. No, it's just the government's too big to um, take up, take up, you know, control. You know, yeah. Like what is that? That, that guy that we you were talking about that uh, earlier that got killed, basically murdered, but found out later that he was ninety four, and you know the government. You know, they try to sue the government, but they closed the case to Supreme Court. I was reading earlier, and um, that's it. They couldn't go any further. I guess they settled for seven fifty, right? Yeah, seven hundred fifty thousand. You know, yeah. which is nothing compared to life. You no, know? no, I mean, I don't think any amount of money is any to a life of anybody. So, no. Jay, but you want to add anything to that? Crazy. Uh, what? All I was gonna say was, there's nothing to do. Like it, it's it's sad and it's a shame. That because a government is, it's like this beast that lives and breathes, and it and it only exists at this point for one thing and one thing alone. And that's money. It's everybody lining their pockets and keeping this machine rolling, uh, no matter who it affects. Yeah, negatively. Yeah, and it's a and it's a it's an octopus. Unfortunately, it, it affects every aspect of your life in one way or the other. Whether whether it's financially, whether it's through education for your children, uh, whether it's through your food, it's it, it, you know it branches out into so many different things. But I, I want to thank you guys so much for you know both coming on tonight. Of course, Jay, as always, uh, you know my co-host and all this. Um, Klaus, thanks so much for joining in, and uh, you know we'll definitely get you back on. We want to talk about that Puerto Rico thing, so we'll have you back on for any time. All right. So um, again, yeah, anytime. Thank th- you for having me. No, of course, thank you. And again, Dark Fringe Radio uh, on uh, Twitter and on SoundCloud. SoundCloud, that's where you can reach all our uh, newest uh, episodes there, and of course our website, darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. I'm your host, Will Martinez, co-host Jay Galosi. There you go, Jay. Yep. Yep. All right, brother. Thanks so much, Klaus. Thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you, man. Take care, man. Thank you very much. All right, Jay. Thanks. Klaus, thank you.
Thank you.